Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to talk about some very important topics because although everybody likes to think that we will be healthy forever and live our lives until the sweet old age of 150, the reality is that that may not happen. And one of the things that all of us need to consider are what might our wishes be in the future should we ever be in a situation where we can't speak for ourselves. So today we have Kakua Mao in the studio. I want to thank both Jeanette Kojane. I did that correctly. Okay. She's the executive director and Hope Young, the advanced care planning coordinator. And we're going to start off talking about what is the purpose of advanced care planning. We're going to move on discussing what is a POLST. You might have heard of this form, this provider order for life-sustaining treatment. We're also going to talk about the importance of palliative care and hospice. And towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about the new bill that was passed in January for medical aid in dying. So let's just dive right in. You know, one of the things that I take on as a mission with the people that I see in my office is really talking about advanced care planning. Jeanette, tell me about Kakua Mao and why is this such an emphasis that your organization has? Well, thanks so much for having us here today. I especially am glad to be reaching out to the fabulous HPR audience. As a longtime sustaining member, I know that there's fabulous people out there listening. Well, thank you for that. And in, as Kukuama, we are a network. We're a network of organizations and individuals. Somebody yesterday said, oh, you're a hui. We're a hui. We, and we like to say that we're leading a movement to improve care. And that is specifically care for people with serious illness and people who are coming to the end of their life. So our vision is that people are well cared for throughout their life, their loved ones and their family is supported, and that caregivers have the support that they need. So we that's why we love the HUI approach with this movement to improve care, because then everybody has a role to play. And one of the reasons that we really like advanced care planning is because we can start early because everybody needs to understand about advanced care planning. And we can get people before they're in a crisis. We can talk to people early because, as you know, the emergency room is not a great place to be making decisions. So for us, advanced care planning can start early. So what we like to say is that advanced care planning is thinking about, talking about, and then documenting basically two things. Who will speak for you if you cannot speak for yourself? And then what would they say? So Hope likes to say, who's your person? Who will show up for you in an emergency, in a difficult situation, and will they know know what your wishes are? So one of the things that we have seen over the last 20 years, Kukuama is going on 20 years now wow. here in Hawaii, and we're actually a unique organization in the rest of the country. In California, there's a coalition like ours, but no other state has that. But then, of course, we're not so surprised because we're special. But, you know, we really see that conversations make a difference. And so this is not something you can do in seven and a half minutes. It's not something you just check a couple boxes, but it's an ongoing conversation where you actually think about, okay, who is important? Who will show up to me? And then what's what's important to me? So that's why we really are so glad to be talking about advanced care planning and helping people to understand that this is something that everybody can be thinking about today. 
Well, and I remember a few years ago, I had my dad on air, and he decided to do advanced care. Well, I sort of made him do advanced care planning on the spot, and uh, that really did instigate further conversations that we were able to have throughout the last couple of years, just finding out truly what was the most important to him mm-hmm. and what did he consider to be what he would want us to respect if the time came when someone had to make that decision. And, of course, we nominated my younger brother to be his person because (laughs) that's what the youngest has to do. We always have to pick on them for something. (laughs) Now, Hope, you've brought advanced care planning to the people. I mean, I know this is something that we often suggest people do with their provider. But more than just that, you've actually done a lot of educational seminars out in the community What do you find are some of the questions that people ask you, and do you have any success stories of when it's went really well? Well, you know, it's really... It's really nice to see that the community are starting to take an interest in advanced care planning. They're starting to ask the questions. And in the last two years that I've been doing this, I've seen a shift. People are really getting behind having these meaningful conversations. They just don't know where to start. And I think that's one of the biggest things is how do you get started with this conversation? Do you wait until grandma's sick? Or is it better if you start while you're healthy? And that's really what I try to stress for people to understand, that you don't want to wait for a crisis. You want to make sure you get out there and talk about this while you're healthy. Um, Families should be talking about this, people with children. Anyone over the age of 18 should actually have an advanced directive. It's very important that we know who would speak for you if the unexpected happens. So if there's a hiking accident, surfing accident, car accident, who would be that person that would step up for you and be able to advocate on your behalf? And would they know what to say? So in my advanced care planning sessions, I use we use a tool called the starter, the starter kit from the Conversation Project. It's a helpful nine question. Um, it's a tool. It really is a tool to get family members understanding how to support one another. And so I actually had a friend who was going through some issues with her sister She had stage four cancer. Sister was getting no support from the family because everyone had their own ideas of what to do with treatment. So I gave her the conversation starter kit and I told her, everybody sit down and just do it. She called me the next day to, and she she called me and she said, sis, because that's what we called each other, right? Sis, that was the best two hour conversation I've had with my family in the last six months. And now we know how to support her. Now we know what we can do to help her. So it's really, you know, how do you get that information? It's not just do you want CPR? Do you want a feeding tube? We really need to get past the medical part of it and find out what matters to each other so we know how to support one another. So, Jeanette, I'm certain you have an advanced directive. Correct. When we talk about moving beyond do you want, you know, a breathing tube, do you want a feeding tube, do you want these things, Are there sections and advanced directives that address what do you value in life? What activities do you think make your life meaningful and things that you want to be able to do? And if you can't, then you know that that would be a life that you wouldn't feel you wanted to continue indefinitely, whether it be because presumably because you have some serious illness that may take you. So what are some examples of some things that people put on that as what they find to have to bring them value in their lives. So I, um, you know, 
people put all kinds of things on an advance directive, and I I, I want to encourage people to go to the Kukua Mau website, kukuamau.org. We have a free advance directive there, and that's what the materials, all the materials that we have are free. It's because we don't want people, at, you know, when they need this to, to not know where to go for things. And actually, the program that Hope runs is called the Let's Talk Story program. And so all the materials are there, including the advance directive. So out in the community, churches, temples, all kinds of different groups. Just to clarify, we we have these materials, and we are the ones who are really happy to get these conversations going. But uh, and so on the advance directive that we have, that a lot of people use, there's there's places to write what's important to me. You know, going fishing, spending time with my grandkids, gardening, things like that. They're up there so that you can be thinking about what it is that that does make life important. And and oftentimes, if you if you start with the medical, that kind of stops people. So that's one of the things we really like about this starter kit is because it helps you with things like how do you like to make decisions? Who's important to you? What kind of things are you concerned about with medical treatment? And also guidance to family. So so one of the things Hope and I have learned is a lot of people think they have an advanced directive. But my, uh, you know, my encouragement for people listening is if you think you have an advanced directive, go get it and check it out. First of all, it might be a power of attorney so your nephew can sell your car, which is a real thing. But we've also had somebody who found her ex-husband was her agent, so not so good. Because uh, the new husband probably wouldn't be so happy about it. Another person I know, both of her people had died, so that's not so good. Or it's in the lawyer's office. So it's a document that has to be used. It has to be accessible. And so for us, it's something that has to be talked about. And, and you know, you can update it in any way you want. So we found with this conversation starter kit and what we're doing with these Let's Talk Story sessions is that you you start the conversation, you break the eyes, you get people talking, and then you move into the documentation. So not to say that documentation is not important, but let's not start with that. Let's start with these other decision-making. And I've got to say, for people who have an advanced directive and then they do the starter kit, they're like, wow, this is super important because an advanced directive is pretty short. The law is pretty short. And maybe you as a doctor have seen there's not a lot there. So that's also why we really like the advanced directive because it allow, or the, the conversation and all of this talking, it gives you a lot more chance to ask questions, talk, listen. Listening is so important in these conversations so, so that people can talk about what's important to them and, and what do they want to make sure others know, again, if they can't speak for themselves. Well, and speaking of that very point, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Hope Young and Jeanette Kojane from Kakua Mau. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about some of the other forms that people may have heard about that they want to know about. But let's keep in mind, it's more about the discussion that takes place before we fill out the documents, not necessarily just checking some boxes. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. 
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Hope Young and Jeanette Kojane from Kakua Mao. And we are talking today about when we think about our future and what we want to have done for ourselves medically and also just in our lives, do we have somebody who understands our wishes? And what should we do if we haven't really put a lot of thought into this process? Now, right before the break, we were talking about that conversation, the starter kit available on the website, and the idea that really the the point of doing this is not to say, I need to fill out a form, but rather, I need to have some thoughts. And if those thoughts generate something I need to put in writing, then I need to do that. And it's more than just checking boxes. And you're right, sometimes the form is pretty short. And if it encapsulates everything that you feel is important, that's that's great. And if it needs to be longer, then feel free to make it as long as necessary to reflect your wishes. Now, you mentioned, Jeanette, that there are some Times when it doesn't make sense. You know, the directive might be too old and the people who are your person might not be available. They might not be alive. They may not be someone in your life at the moment. Does it have to be someone who is in person? I have some folks who say my advanced directive is my sister on the mainland or my brother who's, you know, somewhere else. They might not come to my bedside, but they know what I want. And that's okay, too. That's right. So in an advanced directive, an advanced health care directive, and again, you can get the free one off the Kokuama website that also has 10, trans, 10 languages translated. In the advanced directive, there's two parts. The first is the health care power of attorney. And the second part are then your your wishes. So and some people confuse it with a living will and a living will tends to not have that healthcare power of attorney. So you can choose anybody that you feel will step up and speak for you. It's also, and yes, they can be someplace else because nowadays you can FaceTime and Zoom them in. You can have phone calls. That's not a problem. You know, what I think I hear more of is, you know, my spouse says he can't do this. And then that sort of stops the conversation because like, who else would I choose? Or, you know, my son and my daughter, they disagree. So you don't have to choose a blood relative. And I think that's probably one of the things that comes up for us all the time is that, you know, sometimes family is not the best one to choose. Uh, We have a member whose husband said, can't do this. I really will never pull the plug. I'll just hold your hand for 20 years. And so she kept looking. So her her oldest son said, oh, sure, mom, never machines ever. And she was like, wait, no, that's not what I want either. And fortunately, the sort of Goldilocks moment was her daughter who said, you know, I've listened to you for a long time. We can try different things. But if we get to a certain point, I know that, you know, we can that it's time to then stop uh, the, the treatment. So you can choose anybody. They don't have to be related. But it's important that you do choose somebody. And it's it's often and, – and then, of course, unfortunately, and this is another thing Hope and I see a lot of, people wait. Then grandma gets dementia, and then there's nobody to make decisions. And then you really have a problem. And that's where people end up in guardianship and court and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, hey, you can save stress and also save your family money – by helping them out ahead of time. And in Hawaii, what we see a lot of, people want to save their family stress. So do this for your family. Maybe you're, you're hesitant to do it. Save your, save your family a lot of stress by having these conversations ahead of time. And also just, you know, 
you a bunch of really interesting things I find come up in conversations. It's fabulous to hear people people's stories that they may not have shared. And how bad is it to tell people you love them, thank them for how important they were, ask for forgiveness for things you've done? All of those really important conversations, they can make relationships stronger. Like Hope was saying, they build they build relationships. And, you know, I think I just I, we could we could tell you countless stories. We're trying not to cry on the radio, but just where people are finally are honest about how wonderful their loved ones are. So. You know, the conversations can be super important. I think back to conversations I had with my mom. My mom, unfortunately, had a um, – she was at work one day, super healthy, had a um, – they discovered a brain tumor because she had a seizure at work. Oh, my gosh. Like, how this is that conversation where your world turns upside down. And fortunately, we got a chance to talk to my mom. She got, she had, she was able to recover enough to have conversations. So I could always feel I was acting with my mom's voice and speak with her, her wishes, even after she was unable to speak for herself. So I could tell, no, no, this is what my mom wanted. We're keeping that. So, you know, here in Hawaii, we always talk about the dutiful daughter and the dutiful kids. So, you know, looking back, we did well. We cared well for her. Um, she she had a real she had we had great hospice care. Hospice will, came in. We had to hospice for four months of her life because we we could gauge with the doctors when the chemotherapy wasn't going to be having that impact. So for me, when I look back at those conversations, those were some of the most important that I remember with my mom especially asking for forgiveness for things. So something she didn't remember, but something she did remember. And I could get forgiveness. And uh, also she could hear how much she was loved and what a great mom she was. So, Well, and that really is, it's a segue into the next discussion. You mentioned, unfortunately, in this situation, your mom passed away, but you also had her in hospice. And right. one of the things that a lot of folks sort of are reluctant to suggest to their loved ones is the treatment isn't working and maybe we should look in hospice. The average time that people spend in hospice is very short and yet the services people are eligible for up to six months, but if recertified could be longer. So why do you think we're not we're not utilizing these services earlier. I mean, I, I wonder, is it because are we afraid? The palliative care is another type of process where you can still treat potentially your primary illness, but also get some of the benefits that having that wraparound support of hospice could provide. Why are we, why are we not taking advantage of that? I think it has a lot to do with education and understanding of what hospice is. People don't realize that it's a it's a web of support. When my mom was diagnosed um, with congestive heart failure, we saw a great decline. And prior to her passing, she actually hadn't eaten. She she her stats were lowered, and so I suggested hospice to her. So my mom was a teacher, and. I told her, Mom, you've been invited into a super cool club. Only cool kids can get into this club. In this club, you get a doctor, you get a nurse, you get a social worker, you get an aide, and you get a spiritual advisor, and that is your care team. Only cool kids are invited. The only thing you have to give up is the CPR. And she automatically said, I want to be in the cool kids club. 
people don't realize how much hospice has to offer. And so they wait until their, their loved ones are actively dying to call them in when actually there could be support in place to maintain health for a longer period of time through hospice. Yeah, we were talking yesterday that it is not uncommon for people to live longer in hospice. And sometimes people actually, you know, people can can get better because finally everybody gets to sleep. Someone's managing the meds. The team takes over and then the relief on the family is super important. So you're right. For us here in Hawaii and what we've been fighting with with Kukua Mao is to see how do we build this continuum of care. So if we think people are having good conversations and then serious illness comes, yes, you can use palliative care, uh, especially, you know, the, the, the supportive care or concurrent care with UHA. And people are supported. And then that shift to hospice, it's difficult because, you know, we we want our loved ones to be with us forever. And that's plan A. And plan B is the realization that we're all going to die sometime. But I think people don't know that hospice comes to the house. They don't know that you that they still take excellent care of you. There's misunderstandings that that are that we really need to fight that people are super well cared for. There's a team approach and there's also that the whole that the patient and their team is well cared for. And, you know, for us, we always are talking about how's the spouse, how's the family, what is going on in the home, how can be people supported. So it's, um, you know, the team of hospice that's supporting the team that's, um, you know, the patient and their and their family. So I really wish people would would, you know, as I like, it's maybe we need to call it the cool kids club instead of hospice, because when you explain to people, you know, hey, we have all this support the, the team that comes in, the doctor, nurse, social worker, chaplain, volunteers, CNA, they come to your house. It's paid for by your insurance. You just get extra help wherever you wherever your loved one is. So, you know, if people are, are concerned or they're worrying about a loved one, I always say just have an interview. Hospice will come either talk to you on the phone. They'll come to the house. If your doctor's hesitant, you know, you can help educate your doctor. Oftentimes, one of the things I do see is people are waiting for the doctor to bring it up. So don't do that. Bring it up with your doctor. Hey, when what would it look like for my mother to be eligible for hospice? I actually did that with my brother when my dad was quite sick. And my brother was really hesitant about enrolling my dad in hospice. And I just didn't know what the problem was. But I'm here and my they're in California. I don't want to be the pushy kid. My brother had taken on all the care. And my brother had misunderstood that it was a lot of paperwork. I was like, it's not paperwork. He's like, oh, you're kidding. I could have had all that. I was like, okay, I'm calling. And within an hour, my dad was enrolled. So I love that question, what would it look like before you're ready for hospice? I have never in 30 years of doing this ever had someone say anything besides, I wish I'd called hospice earlier. It's a totally underutilized benefit, fabulous team who specialize in end-of-life care. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Kakua Mao, Jeanette Kojane, and Hope Young. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what that all looks like now since the passage of the act on January 1st and how that really is meant to incorporate all of these different elements of advanced care planning into a much broader conversation for everyone. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. 
Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Island Insurance, and Sacred Hearts Academy. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Kakua Mao. We have Jeanette Kojane, the Executive Director, Hope Young, the Advanced Care Planning Coordinator. And throughout this show, we've been talking about how important it is to think about having an advanced directive, to start this conversation, and to not be afraid of looking into things like hospice or concurrent care or palliative care and waiting until someone else brings it up. Because sometimes families are reluctant and sometimes doctors are worried that if they say this word, people will get very upset and maybe be hesitant to want to learn more. But as you mentioned, there are some great hospice organizations in Hawaii, and they're more than happy to do a consult and share their services that they can provide with anyone who might be eligible for that. Now, we do know that January 1st, the medical aid and dying bill had started to actually, that was the date when it would be legal and people were eligible for this. Still a bit controversial, I think, with a lot of folks who may or may not feel as though they want to do that. To my thought, this is only a way to to add to the idea that people can start having these conversations, that that is not the end of the story. That is certainly not the beginning of the story. That's sort of just a reminder that everyone needs to think about what their wishes are in the future. Have you had a lot of folks ask you about this? Because I've looked, you said hospices and paperwork. Well, this act is a lot of paperwork. (laughs) I haven't even seen all the paperwork yet. But do you find that, you know, in Oregon, they found that people who chose to get these prescriptions, actually, they all much higher rates of hospice enrollment that all of them were enrolled in hospice services in order to start facilitating those conversations. Do you think we'll see the same thing here? Well, certainly one of one of my hopes is that we would we would follow what we see in Oregon and California and Washington is that there's a very high usage of hospice. So if people have questions about the new law, uh, Kukuama, we really strive to get good information about all end of life options. So we have a couple of web pages for families, for pa- families and patients, and also for providers. So kukuamau.org, uh, there's good information there, um, as well as, you know, the links to hospice and, and all the other resources that are available. So we really hope that this is an opportunity for conversations. I got to say, I think most people really don't understand the new law. And so we really encourage people to learn about it. And and I think, you know, for me, when people are asking, it's like, why why are people asking? So if someone is asking because a loved one is suffering, you can have hospice referral right now. Hospice can be there in two hours. So if that's the concern, you know, if you're listening to this, call hospice. They have, you know, they got somebody after hours to help. If somebody is interested in the future and future, you know, wanting to avoid suffering, I think that that's, you know, learn about the law, see what it's about, and and understand what what exactly is covered by that. So I, I think that... Um, Again, I think at the beginning, there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. So, um, you know, in Oregon, it was about 130 people um, a year that use it. And if we figure they have um, three times as many people, maybe about 40 people might use this once we're kind of up and running. But 10,000 people a year die, and they could all use hospice. So, again, we don't, we're not we want people to understand all their options. We encourage people to learn about it. And we really hope this is a good conversation for understanding 
what is hospice, also what is palliative care, what's an advanced directive, and talking about it early. And again, if loved ones are bringing it up, what are they concerned about? And we see that a lot of people are using it, are, are the you know the main reasons to use it in Oregon are around um, much much more kind of existential questions, being a burden to your family, being a you know uh, and things like that, as opposed to the pain management and think, which people are concerned about. So. We really hope that there's a lot of, of conversations and and our, you know, out in our speakers bureau, people ask us about it. Um, I think that for a while in our community, it'll really be a topic of conversation. And again, at where you started, I really hope people will will use that then with, uh, if they if they decide to use that, that hospice is a part of the team. Well, it's a good springboard for the entire discussion on what people want in their future and how they can prepare far in advance. They don't have to wait until the very last minute and as they shouldn't wait until that moment for themselves or for their loved ones. I want to thank both of you for coming on today from Kakua Mau, Hope Young, Advanced Care Planning Coordinator, Jeanette Kojane, Executive Director. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we will see you next week right here on The Body Show to talk more about staying healthy and doing well. Woo!